0: I'm Pisa from Comeo, and you're listening to The Interview Show.
1: Tonight, night See
2: Toronto, treating you.
0: Oh, uh, great! day very warm today, and uh, we did something that we wanted to do for a while. I we went shopping at Play the Records, the record store in Toronto, which was pretty cool.
2: Cool, cool. So, what'd you pick up?
0: A uh, whole bunch of records, uh, old records, some funk stuff, and uh, yeah, just vinyl, old vinyl.
2: I was reading an interview with Dave One where he was saying that you guys are often inspired by classic record covers, so did you find anything inspiring today?
0: Oh yeah, great covers I got today. One cover it's uh, from um, Sergio Mendez, and the front is him and his musicians dressed as a, a soccer team, and they're all like posing in a like, very 70s, 70s uh, kind of grain on the picture and they're all posing in the front and in the back. It's the same pose, but they they all have broken legs and limbs, and meaning they got, you know, they got pretty mashed up during the game.
2: Crazy, crazy.
0: Hilarious cover.
2: Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. And today I have P Thug from Chromeo on the line. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. You guys have often billed yourself jokingly as the only working relationship between an Arab and a Jew. How do you guys keep a balance in your working relationship since you are so close? You've been friends forever, almost it seems.
0: Well, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and it's just like, just like anything. There's agreements and there's disagreements, and you work around it, just like uh, you know, a couple. It's like a long friendship is just like a couple. There's gonna hit a point where you, there's uh, you know arguments and stuff. Not many, but you have to work around them. And after a while, when you, do you've known each other for so long, there's no more, there's no like ego involved. You just trust each other all the time, and there's no real bickering about, uh, you know, like musical decisions. It's always bickering about stupid stuff, like an old couple, like you know, you were five minutes late, late for this, and that, that's just dumb shit. But um, basically, all important musical decisions, we kind of trust each other when somebody has an idea.
2: I was reading in Wikipedia of all places that Dave Went actually used to work in a record store with Tiga, who's the guy who signed you guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I was the accountant in that store.
2: Oh, get out. I didn't realize you worked there too. Cool.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So what kind of coworker was Tiga? Was he like the guy who is always very Ainler attentive? We see the guy who always had girlfriends calling the store.
0: No, no, no. I was very attentive, curious, always coming up to the hip hop section, wanting to listen to stuff, you know. Very curious, very musical, you know. Good
2: taste. What type of employee was Tiga? Uh,
0: um, Tiga owned the, the techno section, and uh, we ran the hip hop section. So it was like two different stores, but in one building.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, basically that, that
2: was it. Uh, okay, everybody knows that Dave One is getting his PhD in French literature. I wanted to know what you do when you have downtime from Chromio.
0: Uh, I do the accounting for Chromio. That's my downtime.
2: <laughs> else, really. Pardon?
0: Yeah, I don't have time for anything else, really. When he's uh, in school, uh, taking care of that stuff, I'm just working behind the scenes and making sure we get paid, making sure we get accounting done, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: I've read that you are actually trained as an accountant.
0: Yeah, I went to business school.
2: So, as a guy who knows the nuts and bolts of the financial side of the music industry. what's your take on the music industry and finances all the time in Rolling Stone you'll read articles about how all the financial woes of the labels how it's hard for struggling artists etc etc
0: well no I think it's easier for struggling artists and it's harder for big labels so you know to me right now it's like it's kind of good because the musicians are getting more and more power and the big labels are all falling apart now it's all you know Up to the artist, directly put a nice MySpace page, a Facebook, go on Twitter, you know, get your music out there on blogs, and you can make a name for yourself with no money, basically.
2: How do you think, though, the demise of the labels works for longevity? I mean, I think if I was going to play Devil's Advocate, they're the guys who are going to say, well, we're the ones that nurture and support artists throughout their career.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but that ends up kind of, you know, being, it's just a... A hole where they throw money for a long time and then if it just happens one day, it happens. These things don't happen. I mean, you know, success is also for music. It's not only putting money in marketing and shoving yourself down everybody's throat, you know. I'd rather have like an organic success with genuine people liking your stuff, putting it on blogs, you know, emailing you for more songs and emailing you for bookings than having just a label that quote-unquote takes care of you and just puts a whole bunch of money and if you never do good, they just drop you like a dead dead sock, you know?
2: Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I mean, you're the guy that's going to be able to tell us. You guys are on your third record, Business is Casual, and you're also one of those guys, or you guys are one of those groups that takes advantage of the remix. I think when I was doing research for this interview today, there was like at least 20 remixes of your current single.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of remixes and I think it's just we're like kind of in the category of ourselves and we don't sound like anything out there. So people, I guess, want to have their take on what we do and they just like to remix us because we give parts away for nothing and there's like vocals to work with, there's drums to work with, there's thin sounds to work with.
2: So in terms of remixes, like you have dozens and dozens and dozens. Was that a marketing decision or an artistic decision?
0: I'm sorry, can you repeat I'm gonna change
2: rooms. In terms of the remixes? Mm. You, you guys have a bazillion and there are new remixes of like your old material from your first album that are still coming out even today. Yeah. So, I mean, was that just luck or is that a you know, new marking decision for a band in the new industry? It's
0: just luck. I mean, you know, the parts are out there. People are still into the songs there's no real calculation behind it Um, the parts are still available and I guess some people just discover some songs now because we weren't that big back then so they kind of rediscover some songs and they're like oh I want to remix this or remix that
2: of all the remixes that have been done for the songs in the current record what's your favorite so far
0: Uh, the Aeroplane remix for Don't Turn The Life song
1: there must be i hey.
2: that have been done for the songs in the current record, what's your favorite so far? Uh,
0: The Aeroplane remix for Don't Turn the Lights On. What's up? I'm Pisa from Comio, and you're listening to The Interview Show.
2: Okay, you were telling me earlier that you were in a record store today getting some new vinyl or some new old vinyl. Yeah. You guys are big fans. I mean, you're known for revitalizing old styles of music. Yeah. What do you think the dangers are of recontextualizing old music?
0: Uh, to be misunderstood and, uh, to be too much like the stuff you're copying, which in most cases could be outdated. The, the hardest stuff is to update it so that people understand it and take a liking to it. Um, cause if you re- just redo old stuff sounding exactly like old stuff, then you get a backlash of like, "Are you just, you know, you just, you know, um, exercising a certain style and it's, there's nothing original you're just listening to a bunch of songs from that era and just synthesizing everything into one song there's nothing really interesting in that because it's all stuff you've heard the hard part is like making it you know making it updated and actual and actually interesting
2: i agree i agree and i think you guys have done it for the most part. Can you talk about a song on the current record where you've felt you walked the tightrope that way?
0: Uh, well, Night by Night was basically us giving our take on late 70s, early 80s rock bands who had a disco song. Um, and there's always like a, a real genuine and innocent approach to disco they had because they're rock guys basically and they're not as smooth as, you know, a real disco band. Like, everybody had one. You know, Rod Stewart, uh, Fleetwood Mag had one. Everybody had one disco song uh, in the rock world. And that's kind of the line we went along with, and we just did an update with our own uh, take on it. What's up, I'm Pisa from Chromeo, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Interview show. Uh, the interview show, Hi. What's up? I'm Tisa from Chromio, and you're listening to the Interview Show. I
2: was reading a quote from Mike Skinner where he said that when you're famous it's easier to date regular girls, but courting a girl who's in the same level as you puts it back to the way things regularly are. Is that true or false?
0: Um, that's true.
2: <laughs> so can you talk about a situation where you found that to be true?
0: Um, I don't know, it's just like um, I mean, if, when you, if you date a girl that's in the same scene, that's doing the same things, you never really know exactly what she's, you know, what she's with you for. I mean, I'm, it's not, I'm, I don't like to generalize, but it's kind of like a, a tendency. And, uh, if you date a regular girl who has no idea what you do, doesn't really care, you're like, you know, you, you can be pretty sure of your, of your choice.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I have a quote from Dave 1 here. I was going to talk a little bit of romantic stuff, and he said that uh he said in an interview that guys who do sports are worse in bed. So, can you weigh in?
0: Guys who do sports are what?
2: Worse in bed.
0: Worse the worst in bed?
2: No, worse than nerdy guys cuz you guys make nerdy love stories.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I guess it's true, yeah. Um, I can't really explain why you said that but i guess it's true nerdy guys read more so there's more you know there's more influences on great poetry and stuff i don't think sports guys read too much poetry
2: fair enough fair enough okay i have a listener who wanted to write in and ask for advice from cromio so i said that i would do this for him yeah are you ready
0: yeah hey cromio great to talk to you dan williamson here i have this situation with a girl well, we seem to go along great when it's just her and me. I really like this girl. When we spend time together, everything is amazing. But when our friends get involved in the situation, everything changes. I have a feeling they do not like me. What should I do, guys? Um, you cannot tell anybody to either drop her friends or you. So if you're not happy with it, You just leave. Just tell her you have to be, you know, the same person when you're with your friends and when you're with me alone, or sayonara, see you later.
2: Pthug, it takes a lot of balls to do that. I get the feeling this guy isn't that ballsy.
0: If if somebody is not into you 100%, what's the point, you know? If somebody is into you 100%, then she won't be scared to, you know... um, you won't be scared to, to hide it from her friends or be different around her friends. It's just something that you show everybody when you're into it. It's not just something fishy, so just drop it.
2: Great, great. I agree with you 100%. All right, I love to end the show with the guest taking a song off their current record. In this case, that would be Business Casual and talking a little bit about the song, about the development or the story behind it or what have you as I play out. So I would love it if you could do that.
0: Um, you want to put, uh, Don't Turn the Lights On?
2: That sounds great.
0: All right. What's up? I'm Pitha from Comio and you're listening to the interview show. Yes, sir.
2: So can you tell me a little bit about the behind-the-scenes making of that song?
0: Oh, um, yeah, that was, uh, Dave came up this, with this idea uh, of the melody for the song, and he kind of had the title and the bass I just, uh, reworked, um all the instruments, did the drums, uh, found the chords to go with it, and the song happened pretty quickly, uh, basically. It was one of the easiest of the album to do. Then I had to work on on this um, synth solo uh, at the end of the song, and uh, it was pretty easy to put together.
1: Me back to the month of May when I watch you do it. Alright. I'm thinking back to what we chair. And anyways, I'm already there.